Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Scrolling through my feed, all I see is bullshit. Fake news, clickbait, gotta sift through all of it. Oh, oh. Like share, tweet, trying to keep up with the trends, but it's all just a facade, man. It's all pretend. Online bullshit, that's all it is. You say you're living large, but I know it's just a myth. Online bullshit, can't you see? We're all caught up in the nonsense, it's time to break free. Hello, everyone. Hi. We're back to talk about some online bullshit. Yeah, I'm Nathan Lee. And I'm Katie Mordhorst. And here we are. (laughs) (laughs) So I read that viral article about the woman who put $50,000 in a shoebox and gave it to scammers. Yeah. And I said, what the fuck? Yeah. What, What happened here? I read it, too, and I had all kinds of thoughts and feelings while I was reading it. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. Because uh, as I was going through it, part of me was like, um, how how did this happen? How did this, like, very financially well-informed person fall for this scam where, like, as I'm going through, I'm like, nope, should have checked that. Yeah. Nope, should have checked that. Nope, should have yeah. checked that. Nope, they would not do that. But um, also, I was trying to put myself in the writer's shoes uh, and think, okay, if somebody is getting at me emotionally and doing like sort of incrementally changing my reality, because I don't want to say that I would never be fall victim to a scam. I think everybody says that. And I was trying to get myself out of that headspace and kind of see it through her eyes and what she was experiencing. Oh, how nice of you. I know. I was being really nice when I read that article. Um, okay, so for those who haven't read it, basically what happens is she gets a call. The caller ID does say it's Amazon, and they say, 
we've had suspicious activity. Did you order $8,000 in Mac laptops and iPads? Yeah. And she says no. And while she's on the phone, she checks her Amazon account and doesn't see anything like that. Mm -hmm. And the lady says, oh, no, it's your business account. And she says, well, I don't have a business account. Oh, "Oh, this keeps happening. Oh, yeah. People steal people's identities and Uh make these accounts. Yeah. But we just happen to have a liaison with the FTC who's investigating this. You want me to transfer you over to him? Yeah. Yeah. And then he gets on the phone and is like, look, Uh we've also found all your private information in a car that's rented under your name and it's got drugs and blood in it. Oh my God. I sort of missed that part. I just knew he had like all her information. Yeah. Wow. Well, so she gets freaked out right away because he's saying you could be charged with these um Yeah, with with all these crimes. He at one point Mm -hmm. says like, you're under investigation for major federal crimes. So... This I didn't think about. Why does Amazon call about $8,000 in laptops? Yeah. And then this man is like, actually, we know all this shit about you. Yeah. Well, first of all, why does Amazon have a liaison with the FTC? No, that's the first thing that everyone's asking. Because okay. like, they don't work in the same building, Yeah. obviously. Yeah. How would you transfer someone... If they're not in the same building. Yeah. And I just feel like that's not how they do an investigation. It's not just like, yeah, send anybody over to us on a drive. That's fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. I've gotten this phone call. Oh, have you? Yeah. And um, I was pretty sure it was a scam. And I get get scam phone calls sometimes. Do you? No. I get sometimes I I get like scam texts or scam emails, but I've never I don't answer the phone. Yeah. Yeah. See, I answered the phone, I think, because of my dad. I'm worried people are calling about him. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I don't remember it very well. I've also never figured out how to record calls on my phone. I think it's hard. I have a call recorder. Where'd you get it? The app store? It's just an app. Yeah. All right. I never use it, but you can do you can. It's pretty easy. Well, I love to um, keep scammers on the phone. I like think it's fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, this guy called. I don't think that there was an Amazon thing. Wait, 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 wait. I want to know when you keep scammers on the phone. Like, what do you do? I'm, t- I'm going to tell you. Oh, yay! <laughs> <laughs> so he calls, and um, I think he started it off with like, "I'm Officer Poopy Doop," <laughs> and I am calling to let you know that we're investigating you for crimes Uh and they said the same thing they found a rented car over on the side of the road with drugs and blood in it no shit and um these people always do have accents yeah they do sound like they're from india okay if i remember correctly um someone pointed out that charlotte who wrote this article yeah Never, like, she seems to step around whether the people have accents. Well, she's... Because there's at one point... Yeah, at like, one point, when he when the FTC guy transfers her to, like, the CIA... The CIA agent, guy. She yeah. says that he had a hint of a British accent and maybe but, like, a little something else. Couldn't point, pinpoint couldn't it. Couldn't pinpoint it. And the thing is, like, Indian people learn British English. Yeah, they yeah. learn from British people, so they get a little a British little, accent. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, this man did have an accent. And then when I asked him, I went 
I know. He was like, so we can put your social security number on pause. Uh-huh. And I said, well, then what would happen? How would I function Yeah, without a social security number? And he was like, no, I am not calling from social security. I would just be pausing your social security number or something. And I was like, okay, what does that do? Yeah. And and he like was not expecting these questions. So uh-huh. he kept like not knowing what to say slash going back to probably whatever was in his script. Yeah. Yeah. And um and I said, Okay, well, if if I'm in trouble, it seems like I should get a lawyer. Yeah. And he was like, If you get a lawyer, I can't help you anymore. Oh, and I was the like, exact same, the same thing that thing. happened in this article. Yeah. And I said, Well, I wouldn't not get a lawyer. Uh-huh. I knew it was fake. Oh, yeah, of course. You and know? so you were just like kind of tossing things out to her to see like, yeah, what will he do in reaction to like this and statement? I think I kept asking myself um, if this were true, you know, if my social security number and my identity was tied to this car. Yeah. Uh, and they thought I might be a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. Um, what should I be doing to protect myself? Yeah. If this were true, well, it would be get a lawyer. Uh huh. Immediately. And he was like, "Well, whenever then I can you're no being que- help you, yeah. Whenever you're being questioned by somebody who is or says they're aligned with law enforcement, get, get a lawyer. A lawyer. And maybe that's just something that I know because I've been like so consumed by true crime exactly. since I was nine years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get a lawyer. Yeah. Even if you're innocent. And it does, yeah, it doesn't yeah. make you look guilty. It's just your right. Yeah, no, they they can't they can't prejudice you for wanting right. to speak to them with a lawyer. They cannot do that. So he was like, "Well, I can't help you anymore if you get a lawyer." And I was like, "Okay, so like then what's going to happen now?" And he like had no answers, and I just kept asking questions yeah. until he got frustrated and hung up on me. The thing is, it's like. You when you start when you start asking questions, you're like I can imagine that you're very disarming to people. Yeah. Somehow, it's something about the tone of your voice and the way you ask questions. Well, I think I because go, they're very innocent. Really high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, oh no. Uh huh. What'll I do without a social security number? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I even asked him, "Does that mean I can't travel internationally?" Uh huh. And he was like, <laughs> "No." That's yeah. not what we're talking about. And I was like, okay, I don't even know what our social security numbers do. <laughs> I love that <laughs> you're him, asking him all these highly technical questions. It made him questions. so mad. Yeah. Which is, um, I think, partly why I, like, this story rang a bell for me because I got this call. Yeah. Okay. And um, I think she, I guess, is just feeling so overwhelmed in her brain about mm-hmm. how he knows that she has a child in the other room yeah. who's playing. Yeah. And I don't know. I guess I do ask questions that a lot of other people don't. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You, right? I I'm love how, different. I love how you were treating him like he's like the concierge <laughs> yeah. of, you know, your identity theft. You're like, well, explain to me like what I do now about all these things in my life. Well, I'm like, you <laughs> called me. Exactly. Yeah. So you want to talk? Yeah. And also, I would expect that investigator might have that information. Yeah. It's like, you know, because they've dealt with identity theft before. Oh, apparently he's sitting there making calls to people. Yeah. All day long. You know? Well, I guess if it were real, maybe he's not doing it all day long, but it is his job. So maybe it happens more than once. Well, if he's an identity, I imagine he is posing as an identity theft investigator for whatever CIA. What did he did he say where he was from? What Um, law enforcement agency? 
The first guy's FTC. Uh-huh. Then when he says, oh, you're actually tied to all these other things, let me transfer you to the CIA. In the article, I'm talking about your guy when you were talking to him. I don't remember. Oh, okay. Yeah, because first This the didn't pique my um, fear like it did for her. Yeah, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I just don't remember where he was from. Yeah. Uh, I do think that they like to be like, here's my badge number, even though I go, okay, do you want me to write that down? Like, yeah. I like don't you not give a fuck. You can't do anything with a badge number if you don't call the organization that they're from and check the badge number. Yeah. So there's just a lot of stuff I know that I realize that maybe the general public doesn't. Right. You know, so I was trying to be like, okay, get out of your own headspace. What about somebody who like has no real exposure to like, you know, because I work in a law firm. Uh So, you know, some of what the law, the law and like what cops are actually supposed to do Mm -hmm. and how they're supposed to treat you and what they can and can't do. So it's um, yeah. When I was reading the article, I was just trying to take myself. okay, if I don't know know this, this. would I freak out? Uh And I mean. Maybe. I don't know. But there's a lot of other stuff that comes down later. Like in this article, she has so many opportunities I see. Yeah, to, where like, she for, does to, second guess to it. Fucking, she second guesses it. And I'm like, there, there's so many opportunities to end this, mm-hmm. you know? So th- that's kind of my take on the article. Well, okay. So a lot of people latched on to some of the things. At, I thought that they were at the beginning. I'm going to do a control find. Of where she says, I'm not a rube. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Um, this is where people were like, what a bitch. Yeah. Listen oh, to this. Oh, okay. okay. When I've told people this story, most of them say the same thing. You don't seem like the type of person this would happen to. What they mean is, I'm not senile or hysterical or a rube. But these stereotypes are actually false. According to some study, I guess, younger adults, Gen Z, Millennials, Gen X, are 34% more likely to report losing money to fraud compared with those over 60, according to a recent report from the Federal Trade Commission. Do you think when someone call, like, if you're taking a survey Uh and you're an old person and, like, you did fall for one of these scams, Mm -hmm. are you just more likely not to say it because you're smarter? exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, it was just like... And she talks later about, like, having talked to other people who have been, you know, other highly educated, you know, very adult people. People who who are, like, have been to law school. Exactly. And have a master's degree. Yeah, who have fallen for these scams and, like talked about like how just stupid they feel yeah how they feel like everybody thinks they're an idiot now and so yeah i imagine a lot of people who fall for these scams just don't even report it and take the loss and move on yeah i think when it happens to someone who's older and senile yeah and maybe doesn't understand because that's what you always hear about mm-hmm. i was getting a wax the other day oh yeah and i brought up this story and uh-huh. i was like did you read that fucking story oh, it's my so God. ridiculous and the woman kept saying she's not an old lady <laughs> <laughs> and i was like no and she's a financial advice columnist yeah did we say that no yeah. she's a financial advice columnist for like what the new york times for, yeah i think well, she's, she's a, a freelancer she's a freelance writer but, but she works for... she works for like she's done work for big publications big publications yeah so me and the waxer just kept being like why isn't she more embarrassed like why is she telling this story yeah 
you know? Yeah. Um, and then a lot of people... Because I have to say, just to go back to that whole thing where she's talking about, I'm not, you know, yes. senile or a rube or whatever. Yes. Or I, I don't know what else she says. But I feel like... I don't feel like she's being bitchy there. She doesn't strike me as like a bitchy person. Well, wait. Oh, okay. All right. Still, how could I have been such easy prey? Scam victims tend to be single. She's not. Oh, yeah. Lonely. Of course she's not. Mm-mm. Economically insecure with low financial literacy. Yeah. I am none of those things. I'm closer to the opposite. I'm a journalist who had a weekly column in the business section of the New York Times. She put Times in uh, italics. Oh, okay. The New York Talking Times. Times. Absolutely. I've written a personal finance column for this magazine for the past seven years. Which is the cut. Uh-huh. Um, I interview money experts all the time and take their advice seriously. I'm married and talk to my friends, family, and colleagues every day. Yeah. I'm not a sad loser. Yep. I mean, the lady doth protest quite a bit. Then <laughs> this is one of her um, like proof that she's like really capable and adult. Yeah. And not a rube. Uh-huh. She says... Um, while this is harder to quantify, how do I even put it? I'm not someone who loses her head. My mother-in-law has described me as even keeled. My own mom has called me maddeningly rational. I am listed as an emergency contact for several friends and their kids. Ah. I vote, floss, cook, and exercise. In other words, I'm not a person who panics under pressure and falls for a conspiracy involving drug smuggling, money laundering, and CIA officers at my door. Until suddenly I was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I I have this. Do you think she sounds bitchy? No. You don't? I feel like she's just trying to draw a contrast. Like, the whole point of this article is that it can happen to anybody. Even, yeah. like, the highly educated. So, yes, she has to, like, present herself, present her accomplishments, and present her, Yeah, you know, I do think that's part of the story. Yeah. Um, I just also think that now is a good time for me to tell you what some of the commenters said. Please do. On the Cut article. Okay. Um, at some point, they turned off and, like, deleted all the comments. Oh, were they that Yeah. vicious? Okay. Um, and so this one is the one that people keep talking about on social media. It's written by someone named Mr. Underscore Underscore Piss. Oh, okay. <laughs> Love it. The whole lead in about how she's not like the poor, stupid, lonely people she imagines to be easily scammed had a certain je ne sais quoi <laughs> that I instantly clocked as the mutterings of an effet inbred child of rich people. Yeah, fair enough. I could see that. Uh, And my ability to clock that sort of thing from the get is one of the few things I like about myself. Yeah. Her husband works for a nonprofit. She's 39, but they live in a $4 million house in Prospect Heights. Okay. So He knows as much about her as these scammers did. He Googled. Wow. Okay. Yeah. She's related to the Roosevelts. Oh, okay. Ivy League is a given, but she feels the need to highlight it on her personal site. A child named Ripley. Yeah. That's her kid's name. I, I don't hate this woman. I'm sorry. If I went to an Ivy League school, everyone would know it. And I think Ripley's a cool fucking name. <laughs> I would name my kid Ripley. Alien. Um, 
Alien? Yeah. Is that what that's from? Yeah, Sigourney Weaver's name is Ripley. Ripley. Yeah. Oh, so maybe she's just a fan of that movie. Exactly. It's a totally cool name. Mm, All right. Yeah. I always always think Ripley's Believe It or Not, where I'm like, that's pretty low, bro. (laughs) Yeah. Um, This whole thing. That was my favorite show as a child. That was a show? Yes. I thought it was just a museum. Wait, you're right. It was a show. It was a really fun show. It was like Unsolved Mysteries before Unsolved Mysteries, kind of. Yeah, so then would they be like, this woman is half lizard, half human. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or it'd be like historical stuff where it's like, this wildly wealthy woman used to uh, curl her hair with her money. and But she died in, no seriously, but she died in poverty. <laughs> because she lost all her money curling her fucking hair. Yeah, that'll ruin yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. That's so funny. I think she like used money to curl her hair and then would like throw it away or something. <laughs> okay. Anyway. She was a rube. Yeah. A, yeah. Senile rube. <laughs> uh, okay. Mr. Piss goes on to say, this whole thing is just another rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic of increasingly hubristic insulated fail sons and fail daughters. Uh-huh are discovering the otherwise object permanence level of obvious lessons the rest of us understand. You think Amazon will white-glove you over to the CIA in a few minutes? Yeah. Tell me you don't do your taxes without telling me you don't do your taxes. I see, I see. So he's equating the fact that the reasons that she fell for this is because she's been so protected and cosseted her entire life. Uh Uh-huh. Got it. Okay, so he's like, he's very anti-elite. Yeah. And, and is using this as a, a platform. Which I think everyone, um, that's like a very popular sentiment on the internet. Yeah, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying um, that there's anything wrong with that sentiment. I just think that like right now in this day and age with inflation and everything, this is who we're like mad at a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, also, it reminds me when I was living in New York City, I was always like... These I have to see all of these poor people begging for money, like people who live on the streets. And I would just think about my debt and I would be like, do you have debt? Yeah. Homeless person. Yeah. Because yeah. like you might not have any actual money on you, but there's negative money to my name. Yeah. Is what I would think about. Yeah. No, me too. When I lived in New York, too, I, I was just like I was living probably steps away from homelessness myself mm-hmm. much of the time. Mm-hmm. And so like when a homeless person would ask me for money, it's like just because like I'm taking the subway. I'm taking the subway and I have like clean clothes on. I mean that sounds mean to say, but and I have clean no, clothes on doesn't mean it's like I I have the I money. Have money. Yeah. yeah. I have I literally barely paid my rent. And I would start to think, like, these people need to stand outside the Park Avenue apartments and yeah. ask the people who actually do have money. But those people are insulated. They're insulated and they can call the cops and have those yep. people removed very easily. Yeah. yeah. And they can take cabs and they don't, like, have to deal with kind of all of the places where you encounter um, people who you know, you'd see who are living on the streets or asking you for money or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I just would always think about that, about how 
the poor are with the poor and the rich people don't have to like even know that this is happening. Yeah. And especially in New York City, it's just Uh so like the economic divide writ large. Yeah. And you can see it and Uh it's physical. It's physical. And it is like, you know, you can walk down Park Avenue Uh and see like plenty of homeless people. Can you? Um, I wasn't on Park Avenue much. I remember because I used to like kind of work down there and definitely because I used to work in Midtown uh, and um, at a law firm there. On the east side. Uh, No, on the west side. Oh, see, I did too, but that's not where Park Avenue is. Well, I worked around like 6th Avenue and then, oh yeah, I guess not. It's not Park Avenue. It's a little bit far away. I'm thinking um, Park Avenue is like over by Grand Central. Yeah, there's plenty of homeless people down there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, next to the train station. Yeah, for sure. Anywho, but no, I'm really trying to think like when I whenever I walk down, you know, whenever I walk down Park Avenue, it was disturbingly empty. Exactly. <laughs> yes, That's you're what right. I'm you're right. Yeah. It was just like there was literally like nobody. Like I forget what street it is that has all the fancy shops like jimmy choo and it's like madison gucci yeah madison yeah Avenue. yeah um like those stores are gonna be like shoo <laughs> get uh-huh. away yeah, yeah yeah and the apartment buildings are gonna have doormen who are like shoo get away well also these neighborhoods are going to have a more consistent police presence than a lot of yeah. other more low-income neighborhoods yeah. so i mean i feel like homeless people would probably avoid yeah, of those course. areas because they're gonna get harassed or arrested. I don't know. Yeah, it's not yeah. a good use of their time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So back to Mr. Piss, he says, <laughs> "Person is so uncalibrated in their ability to navigate the world that their ability to generalize any intellectual output for anyone other than her similarly 0.1 percent situated friends is completely shot." Yeah. Let her go beyond the board of a do nothing charity. <laughs> This game is up. I feel like I feel like he's stretching it a little bit because I mean she does say she is whatever her relations or her upbringing might be, it seems like she's just trying to pound it out as a freelance writer and she actually doesn't have that much money to her name. Well, is are you thinking that because she says she has $80,000 in savings? That she saved over years from freelance writing jobs. And it's like to pay her taxes at the end of the year because she's probably a 1099 employee. Yeah, yeah. And then for rainy days because she is a freelancer, uh-huh. isn't doing like steady work. Yeah. I A lot of people online are saying, no, she's like a trust fund kid. She probably, like, okay, she's a financial mm-hmm. advice columnist. Yeah. She should at least have this money in, like, a money market account. Okay. She shouldn't have it just laying around in the bank. Yeah, she shouldn't just have it, like, in her savings. No. As, you're right. As a financial advice columnist, it's like, put it in a mutual fund. So Put it in the S&P 5, put it in an index fund. I think she has money in funds. Okay. Don't you? And oh, then and I this think was just this her was cash. the money that she has available to. Oh, her. all right. Do we have any proof of this though? Um, I've been trying to find proof, but like um I could I could do some better looking. Yeah, like what does she have like a bio a bio anywhere? She has one on her website. Okay. Is that is that too like slanted? Oh, it's not very long. 
Well, it might tell us a little bit about, like, kind of confirm what Mr. Piss is saying about, like, her upbringing and her family. Uh, Like, on her husband's side, Mm -hmm. he's um, a descendant of the Vanderbilts. Oh, so he's old fucking money. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's a descendant of the Roosevelts. Okay. So all of these are, like, they had families that came over on the fucking Mayflower, basically. Yeah. Okay. The thing is that this has sparked so many other, like, articles and... Oh, wow. ...comments on the internet that it's kind of hard. Like, I don't know where he found out that she is related to the Roosevelt. Yeah. Okay. But I... I guess I'm thinking, I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, I'm going to go with these as facts. Yeah. Wait, what's her name? Charlotte Cowles. Charlotte Cowles. Do you want to type her in too? Yeah, let me. Charlotte Cowell? Cowles. Oh, Cowles. C-O-W-L-E-S. That's like a very rich name. Right? Yeah. Okay, so I think I have her bio up. From her website? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, It's the one, yeah, info bio. Do you want me to read it? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Okay. Hello. I am a freelance writer and columnist for New York Magazine's The Cut and New York Times. Previously, I was the senior features editor at Harper's Bazaar and senior (laughs) editor at The Cut. Wait, why would you go from senior editor to columnist? Maybe you just didn't want the stress. Yeah, because like, you honestly, don't need the money. Ex- oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I was also the editorial director for M.M. La Fleur. Yeah, whatever that is. My work has also been published in Glamour, Art in America, Politico, and other places. I've written about everything from personal finance, excuse me, personal finance, <laughs> <laughs> to fashion, art, pop culture, politics, beauty, interior design, and male strippers. Well, let's look that up. Yeah. Charlotte Cowell's male strip. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, in the cut. Meet the male stripper who used to work in finance. Oh, okay. So there seems to be no matter what she's writing about, Uh there's probably like a finance angle. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Um, okay, something else that someone on Reddit pointed out. Oh, wait, I just want to say this. I okay. live in New York City, and I have a BA in English from Columbia. Columbia. Yeah. Ivy League. Yes, indeed. So someone pointed out that, like, in 2012, they had read an article written by her about her identity uh-huh. being stolen and, like, you you know, like, credit cards being used to buy stuff at Oh, so her identity has been stolen before. Yes. Yeah, because I actually, that happened to, well, somebody just stole my credit card and bought a bunch of shit. I don't know if that counts as identity theft. Yeah, I think it does. But seriously, they spent $5,000 in a day and a half. Holy shit. Yeah. So the um, commenter on Reddit said she wrote an article for The Cut in 2012 about her identity being stolen Uh through her debit card. In that article, she mentioned how bad she was at handling her finances. Okay. How the hell did she end up getting a job writing a financial advice column and get scammed twice? I have zero sympathy for her. Interesting. Okay. So I'm going to read this article from The Cut by Charlotte Cowles. And it was written, it doesn't say, oh, September 25th, 2012. Yeah. Uh, All right. I was finishing up a pleasant dinner with a friend last night when our waiter informed me that my debit card had been declined. <laughs> oh, hey, I said awkwardly, mumbling something about the, s- the swipe strip being faulty. 
I had enough cash on me to cover dinner, <laughs> so I didn't worry about it. But my card was declined again when I took a cab home. I looked up my account online to find it was overdrawn by over $3,000. As someone who generally sucks at managing finances, my initial reaction was one of panic and guilt. Yeah! Okay, so maybe her trajectory was... Mm-hmm. She's she got bad interested at, She in got it. interested in it because she's bad at it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can see that. Uh, my initial reaction was one of panic and guilt. What the hell have I done? I fretted. Did I finally buy that Vespa I've always wanted and then forget about it? It's not a great joke, Charlotte. <laughs> um, I racked my brain and scammed, scanned my transactions, feeling terrible about the three new sweaters I'd recently bought at the J. Crew sale. Then I saw the 2,687.04 charge to Intermix in Greenwich. Okay, so she's got some cash. Mm-hmm. All right. For someone who's bad with money. Um, yes, someone else was spending my money. I ex- Is it your money, technically? Oh, I guess she's looking at... <laughs> She's looking at what that person bought, right? $700 at Saks? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, someone else was spending my money. I experienced a mixture of relief, annoyance, and jealousy. Whoever had hijacked my bank account was spending it just how I would have if I had unlimited funds for a limited time. I mean, that's fair. If that's like her savings and they're just spending it, mm-hmm. you know, so she might have... A chunk of chain. How much am I going to have to read? Well, here? the I the interesting part I think is when she's on the on the phone with the bank and they're like, "Oh, did you make this purchase?" And she's like, "Yeah." Oh, because that comes up. Let me read it. Yeah. So I'll start with the where I was this morning. I made the requisite phone calls to various nice people at Bank of America and shut down my card. This entailed me sheepishly going through all the transactions I'd made since Saturday when the first fraudulent charges started showing up and admitting that I've placed no fewer than five seamless orders in the past. Who gives a shit? Because she's bad at managing her money. Oh, I I know. But like, okay, I don't know. Five seamless orders in the past four days. That's a lot. Is it? Well, I guess when you live in New York, you can't cook. Yeah. When you live in New York, you're just you're always on the go. You're always like out and about so you're spending money like at i used to go to starbucks like five times a day just to like get food and then yeah i never cooked so i used to get seamless a lot um the conversation went like the bank of america employee how about this 495 at starbucks me oh that was mine bank of america 5295 at duane reed <laughs> that's mine 84302 at intermix in malibu no, I wish. Four hundred and fifty-two eighty-seven at Rent the Runway. Nope. Three seventy-two sixty-eight at Ideal Eyes. I don't even know what that is. Note: I have since Googled this, and it appears to be an eyelash extension salon. Wow, that's yeah. some expensive eyelashes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are expensive. I don't... just get some Latisse. What's the problem? Um, mm. Yes. Even though it like might change the color of your eyes and destroy. That might be fun. Yeah, and make you infertile. I don't know. Oh wait, I don't know if that's true. I yeah. made that up. So oh. yeah. Well, have you seen women with the crazy eyelashes? Oh, lately? plenty. What yeah, where they think? get them like stitched on or something. Yeah. I don't know. They look I feel crazy. like it's just a lot for daylight to me. Yeah, it looks like it going out at night. It's a nighttime look. Yeah, so, and it's um, semi-permanent, so you have to wear it in your daily life. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I can I can see wanting your eyelashes a little longer, but like basically you're just wearing 
massive fake eyelashes all day long. And you look it's like weird. a doll. Like yeah. those dolls who close their eyes. Yeah. They always had crazy <laughs> yeah, eyelashes. That's true. Uh, there's another thing that someone captured uh-huh. uh, in the comments that I'll show you. Okay. Where um, someone says, all I can think about is her going into the comments section of her follow-up advice column where she wrote, she was like, here's five tips to avoid a scam. Oh, okay. And they were like, honestly, like, duh. Like, yeah. the first one was, don't answer the phone. You okay. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. I want to hear those tips later. Okay. Yeah. So she went into the comments of her follow-up article uh-huh. uh, to antagonize a reader who pointed out an error. Okay. This is not a credible or sympathetic person. She intends that this interview and or and other favorable press will, will lay the groundwork for a future book deal or some other opportunity. Oh, okay. And so a commenter named Carlon uh-huh. writes... Oh, because do you remember the part of the article where she says she found out from her accountant that she could write this off as a loss? Oh, vaguely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Carlon says, I think you need to read the IRS page you linked to a little more carefully. Through 2025, you can only write off theft losses if the loss is caused by a federally declared disaster. That's not a minor wrinkle. That's a huge qualifier that means the vast majority of people who are the victims of scams will not be able to take that deduction. Oh, so you can only write it off if you're looted during a know. federal disaster? That's Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, well, how do those two things you mix? Can, you can write off losses that you have in the stock market. Yeah. Oh, oh so if there's, like, a a huge economic decline all I of a sudden, so. you can write off that loss. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Um, and then they write, hopefully people will take your advice to consult an accountant who will tell them that. Yeah. And then she writes, like, it's probably her because the username is Charlotte Cowles and someone clicked on it. And yeah. like, it's been an active username for six years or something. Mm-hmm. And she wrote, scroll down, genius, oh. right off under the theft loss. The write off is under theft loss, not casualty loss. Oh, okay. Was she right then? I don't think so. I, oh, okay. I don't want to look it up. I don't want no, to go to irs.gov right now. We're not going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of people on the Reddit thread are like, I don't believe this story. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so when you get to this part at the end where she's like, I found out I could write it off. Mm-hmm. Someone goes, bingo. Yeah. Oh. That's why she wrote it or something like that. And I. Is she trying to launder money in some ways? Okay. If this was a fake story that she wrote. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why? You know how the person she's on the phone with, like, sends a picture of their badge to her? Yeah. And, um. It happens twice. She gets two badges. Right? Yeah, she gets the FTC and the CIA badge. And doesn't she have to send them a picture of the money or something? May I I can't remember, maybe. Um and so people are like, why didn't she include that in the article? Okay. You know, it makes it interesting. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. When I got home, so this is after she gets the money out of the bank. Mhm. Michael told me to get a box, put the cash in it, take a picture of it, then tape it shut. I found a floral printed shoebox that had once contained a pair of slippers. 
which I want to say people figured out that they were like slippers called birdies. Oh, okay. And I just want to tell you how much they are. They're mm-hmm. $98 slippers. Or For house shoes? 150 yes. Okay, go to Timu. Seriously, <laughs> if, if you're only going to wear it around the house, go to Timu. And she kind of feels guilty. She says... Uh, contained a pair of slippers I'd bought for myself, a frivolous purchase that now seemed mortifying. Which, uh, when I read that, I was like, this is a weird throwaway line. Who cares? Because... I was like, why did you include that? Because they're so expensive, I guess. Yeah, okay. Michael told me to put... Uh, to label it with my name, my case number, my address, a locker number he read to me, and my signature. Ugh. Okay. Oh then my he God. directed me to take another picture of the labeled box and text it to him. Uh-huh. So what I'm saying is, you know, people think that this is a fake story. Yeah. Can you really go to the bank and withdraw $50,000 in cash with no notice? I feel like no. Yeah, so I asked Matt, who's our friend like, who does mortgages, yeah, because he works at Chase, uh-huh. and he said, no, you yeah. have to like uh, put in a call. You'd have to like call ahead, like yeah. days ahead of time, and say, I'm going to do this, mm-hmm. and they will sit down and counsel you to make sure you're not involved in a scam. Well, no, because there are AML laws. What's Anti- that? Anti-money Anti- laundering? Yeah. Yeah. Another person said something about that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just, it seems like, and the way she characterizes the interaction, like, with the bank teller, she's like, she raised her eyebrow, and then she, like, gave gave me a a piece of paper, gave me a, gave me a box of hundreds and a piece of paper saying, like, beware of scams. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Initially, I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to afford my taxes this year, but then my accountant told me I could write off losses due to theft. So then someone says... Shouldn't the last sentence tell people that this is fake? People are so eager for all the details without actually looking at the details. Mm-hmm. The taxes on 50K are not a big deal to her, and I really don't think she would make this up. So roughly $11,000 isn't a big deal. She ab- absolutely could be evading taxes, ah. either by keeping cash and not claiming it prior to the scam, mm-hmm. or after by claiming it was lost in a scam. Oh. And then someone says, no, that's not how tax works. Okay. Once again, we're in a place where I'm completely out of my depth and I'll believe anything. If you can write that off your taxes, mm-hmm. why aren't we all saying we got robbed? Yeah. Every year. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, I-, I guess that's why people get audited. Yeah. You know? So I know. It's, yeah. Um, this is how people figured out mm-hmm. her ties to the Roosevelt. Oh, got it. So Teddy Teddy on reddit says Uh she didn't deserve to get scammed but i do feel badly for her i'm glad that this story going viral this story going viral because people need to know how to protect themselves and no one should feel ashamed for falling prey Mm -hmm. but i agree with those saying that her wealth made her an easy mark for this scam yeah because obviously they did a ton of research and they targeted her probably specifically because of her family ties I don't think so. Oh, I think they go down a list, you know, of people's Mm -hmm. information they were able to get, like, from the dark web. Like, Charlotte says she just realized people are doing. Yeah. And I think Charlotte being related to the Roosevelts makes her think she's been targeted. Okay. All right. That's what I think she has that. Main character syndrome. Yeah. 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 That, th- there is a little bit of main character syndrome in this. Uh-huh. Where it's almost like she's 
you know, okay, I understand that she's probably legitimately afraid for her family and child, but also the idea that she gets caught up in a drama because it's all centered on her. I think yeah, because of her status. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to say, um, I was skeptical about the comments. Skeptical? I said skeptical. skeptical. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was skeptical... <laughs> I was skeptical about the comments regarding her wealth, but within a 15-minute Google search, I found the following. The address and cost, $3.8 million, of uh-huh. the apartment owned by her and her husband. Yeah. Her great-great-grandfather's wiki, wiki page and information on his marriage into the Roosevelt family, uh. and they linked that. Her family estate in Farmington that's on the National Register. Oh. Actually, I think there's multiple historic buildings owned by her ancestors. Farmington is rich. Oh, really? It's in Connecticut, yeah. I don't think she's related to the Cowles publishing dynasty, though. Her in-laws are not poor either by any means. Here's what her father-in-law does. And then there's a link. Basically, oh, I know, he's the head of some finance. Like a hedge fund or something like that? Yeah. Basically, she's not some working class mom who got scammed out of 50K Mm -hmm. as the tone of her essay implies. Yeah. Or this is the same person later says, this is her granddad's obituary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Her Facebook profile is public. Yeah. (laughs) That you can search other family members with her last name, some Mm -hmm. of which match the names in the obituary. For the younger relations, you can find their businesses online, which also have IG profiles. That's how they figured out everything about her. Oh, because they like find like who their followers are with the same name or something like that on Instagram. Got it. Yeah. And the people she's friends with who are like in her family. I admire people who have this kind of like focus and discipline to like, I'm going to figure this shit out. Yeah. Knowing that Mm -hmm. she says she somehow wrote this money off. Okay. Um, Yeah. And like I said, I do think she thinks she's being targeted. Mm Mm-hmm. And people who think that this is all, like, fake, like, there's nothing in the story that really takes you through the emotional stuff going on That's for her. a very good point. It's kind of all, She's, like, these are the facts. It's, it's she tells more than shows. Yes. Y- you never get a sense of what they were putting her through emotionally. Yeah. Not in the moment that she's talking about how the scam went down. Uh Uh-huh. I don't remember, like, 
feeling like, oh, I would be really scared in this situation, too. Or it was like, oh, that's how they got her. Yeah, because yeah. she supposedly thinks her home is bugged. Yeah. Um, People are, like, watching her, knowing that her mm-hmm. son is playing yeah. in the living room. She thinks that they could come arrest her, yeah. I guess, and that's mm-hmm. why she's cooperating. There is, like, such naivete here. For somebody who is, like, so, you know, seems to have so much, like, real-world experience in finance and... Yeah. Everything that that's connected to. I know. You feel like she'd be a little bit more savvy. Yeah. Just about how things work. <laughs> I was watching a, a show the other night on Netflix. Uh-huh. And I forget what it's called, but it's about all of these women, kind of, mm-hmm. who got targeted cyber stalking by a cyber stalker. Yeah. Who would be like texting them like constantly and being like i know all this stuff about you oh they're british okay and um (laughs) and then would take their information and naughty pictures of them oh and send them to like everyone that these women knew wow so then they were like oh my god Uh i am so vulnerable but then why would he do that because once you've done it like what can you get from the person to not do it well, I like, think was he he's just like, if you mean? want me to stop doing this, you have to pay me. Yeah, you've already fucking like, done it. <laughs> I wouldn't pay. I'm going to be like, all right, cat's out of the bag. I, I'm i naked. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. I, I, and then I smoked a joint. Okay. And so, <laughs> so the then rest is hazy. I was still thinking about this, about Charlotte and her yeah. story. And mm-hmm. this was my hypothesis. Okay. I, I did a voice recording. I just want to play it for you. Oh, awesome. What if that lady in the Cut article was actually talking to, like, a horror movie villain, like, um, the guy from Scream, whose name is, like, Ghostface Killer? <laughs> Isn't that <laughs> a that's rapper? a rapper. <laughs> Anyways, what if she's too embarrassed to tell us that some creepy guy called, and maybe it's because, like, he knows what she did last summer— Because she did something that she doesn't want to bring up. So she did give away $50,000, but she needs a way to explain it to her husband. And um, she's like, oh, yeah, 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 babe. I'll write an article about it because, you know, I'm a journalist. And he's like, okay, cool. And she's like, oh, no, this is the only way I can keep getting out of my web of lies. (laughs) And so she writes an article about getting scammed out of $50,000 and she doesn't really put a whole lot of critical thinking into it because none of us think any of it makes any sense. Uh That's why I think people (laughs) keep reading it. And I wonder if she's just, she made up the story because she did give away $50,000. Just not this way. Okay. So, breaking news. Allegedly, Charlotte Cowell's uh, hit-and-run wandering hitchhiker on a desert road, and somebody found out and is now, allegedly, allegedly. Well, I'm thinking that, or, yeah, I'm thinking that maybe there's something that she doesn't want someone to find out, so she did give into it. Secret she might have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or even in, like, the course of this scam, they might have been, like, they might have mentioned something that she really didn't want revealed. Because it seems, like, 
Yeah, what doesn't make sense is she's like, she's acknowledging that she thought at various points that they were lying to her and that this was a scam. But then she says, like, I'm not giving you this money. Yeah. You're scamming me. Yeah. But then afterwards, she says, she's like, well, I guess I have no choice. I was like, yeah, you do. You just don't give them the money. I know. Yeah. Like, you absolutely have a choice. You call the FTC. You call the fucking a or lawyer. Or you say, how about we wait till tomorrow? Yeah. And then you have a chance to, like, sit and think. Yeah. Where is in this article, I want to know, like, the sense, where do they put in the sense of urgency that this ha- has? I, I think they do. But the sense of urgency that this has to happen now. We need the $50,000 now. They say, we're going to have to shut down your social security number. Oh, yeah. And tomorrow we'll give you an appointment where we'll give you a new social security oh, number. And, and in the meantime, yeah. you go get this money out of the bank uh-huh. so that you can live off of it because we're going to have to freeze all of your accounts so you'll have no money. Yeah. And the only way mm-hmm. for you to keep this money yeah. is for you to give it to us. Yeah. So that we can clean it or something like that. Yeah. And uh, and write you a check. Uh-huh. Yeah, a check for a bank account that she no longer has. Exactly. That's another thing someone points yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. So, also, also, I want to point out, she does say at one point that this, uh, like, this whole saga seems to have taken about, like, she spent, like, five, five hours, hours on, on the, the phone. phone. I was like, you went to the bank and withdrew $50,000 at, at a clip. Uh-huh. So... Like, have you ever been to a bank before? Do you know how long that fucking takes? Uh, that's just to why be at a bank. I think we're all like, did this really happen? Yeah. Well, Flip even it through, if it here's took half an hour, yeah, that's still kind of amazing. Yeah. You know. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. That's why I'm like, okay, if my friend who works at a bank says. No, when you need this kind of money in cash, you generally have to call ahead. Yeah. Uh, make an appointment. And probably like verify your identity somehow or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. so if if she did have to do that, then I think the only reason she'd be giving someone $50,000 is because they're blackmailing her. Yeah. Or there's something that they're saying they're going to do and she wants to stop it. Mm-hmm. I, I totally feel like this this like scam could have happened, but she's not giving us all the information mm-hmm. about what they said they knew about her. There's something that is left out. Yeah, definitely. And if I was a real journalist, I mm-hmm. might be able to uncover it, but I'm not. Yeah, exactly. So all you real jur- or even people who like could be a journalist, possibly you need to follow up on this story and tell us everything. <laughs> yeah. Someone wrote an article uh, called about that $50,000 scam story. I have mm-hmm. questions. It's on the nationalreview.com. Yeah, they say like Cowell's description of getting the money from the bank is oddly perfunctory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't mention which bank she visited or which branch. She doesn't relate whether the bank made her fill in any paperwork yeah. or whether it told her that it would be filing a federal currency transaction report. Yeah. She says she got the money from the teller Uh who took $50,000 from a large metal box. Yeah, that's interesting where it's just like, the teller's not going to do that. They're going to be like, oh, you have to talk to, like, this officer here. You have to, like, go sit at a desk. You you sit at a desk and talk it out first Uh for 50K. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. This is making less and less sense. Because... 
The bank also doesn't want to lose $50,000. They'd rather keep that. Yeah, yeah, because they can charge interest on it. Mm-hmm. Um, most people do not walk into banks and take out $50,000 in cash. Mm-hmm. Um, some banks have daily limits on cash withdrawals, and those that don't are usually interested in people who suddenly need tens of thousands of dollars for no obvious reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, this part of Cal's mistake seemed to happen unusually easy in her account. Why? I asked Cal's about this by email and have received no reply. I mean, could it be because she does come from, like, such a wealthy family and, like you said, might have, like, trust fund money or uh-huh. something? It's because, like, she's high net worth? I think it could be. Yeah. That she was able to, like, get through just a retail bank, like, nothing, you know? And she leaves that out because she doesn't really want us to know. Yeah. Well, also, her mentioning—I want to get back to her mentioning the the slipper box and the slipper she bought. And she was like, it was such a frivolous purchase, I think she calls it. I think that's because she knew people were going to look up and see how much those, uh, how much those slippers, birdies, those slippers were. Yeah. And uh, she wanted to, like, uh, preventatively. Yeah. Get ahead of it. Get ahead of it. She's like, I, I, I bought a 90. I was just indulging myself a little bit. It's like, no, maybe you buy $98 slippers every day of the week <laughs> because <laughs> exactly. you just you buy a pair of $98 slippers and then, then you throw them away. You know what I heard about uh, Sylvester Stallone no. in a tabloid in the Star magazine once? What? That he would uh, buy packages upon packages of Calvin Klein underwear and wear them once and throw them away. <laughs> Uh, I yeah. feel like I've heard that about multiple celebrities. Oh, I feel maybe it's just a story that like mm-hmm. tabloid journalists just like attach to somebody every once in a while. I bet they all do it now. Yeah. What? Just laundry. Somebody's got to be hire doing your laundry. You can someone to do your laundry. You, yeah, you can hire somebody to take your laundry, take it to a place and bring it back all folded. And you don't even have to be a rich celebrity. I used to do it all the time. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Cowles mentions early on in her piece that the scammers had the last four digits of her social security number. Okay. But later on, she writes that the scammers read me my social security number. Okay. Which is it? Did they have the whole thing or just the last four? I asked Cowles about this by email and have received no reply. Okay. This person is like, I am a journalist. I know. Yeah. Cowles says that she was texted photographs of fake government badge and of a treasury check. Yeah. But she didn't include these in her piece. Why not? Oh. Oh. Remember when I said that? Very smart. Yeah. You no, like I it more remember. when this man says it. I do. You believe him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait. Yes. <laughs> 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 I had to think about it for a second, and then I was like, yeah, he's a man. She's right. Yeah, exactly. Cal <laughs> um, says she was given instructions on how to file reports with the FBI and FTC. That's not the same thing as confirming that she actually filed those reports. Mm-hmm. Did she file them? And if not, why not? Yeah. Yeah. I can't. Uh, it's just that end part where she talks to like law enforcement. I just can't get over why the why she didn't call like the F he because the in phone the article, number where he's like you can't you well you can't spoof government phone number which is ridiculous which is like, you can spoof anything yeah you can yeah but also it's just like literally call the FTC 
and have them confirm a badge number. I don't think FTC people even have badge numbers. Oh, or... Yeah. But they would say that. Yeah. Can you call the CIA and be like, can you confirm a badge number? I don't know. Also, I wonder why is the CIA working on this? No, they don't. It would be the FBI. Yeah, the CIA does intelligence things for like other... In foreign countries. And terrorism is what they handle. Well, also, there is like... There is an element. No, FBI does money laundering. FBI yeah. does this shit. I'm yeah. not even going to convince myself otherwise. Mm-hmm. That is just true. Mm-hmm. I know this. I'm an idiot. That knows. That knows. Mm-hmm. And she should know, and she doesn't. Cal seems quite conservative with her money, but she handed over $50,000 quite easily. Mm-hmm. She didn't even wait until the following day. This seems out of character. Cal studied studied at Columbia. As such, she must have at least a passing familiarity with America's legal system. Yeah. Why Wait, then? How, how do you assume that? She was an know. English major. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Why then, especially in a case in which she was the victim, did she believe that a government official would tell her, if you talk to an attorney, I cannot help you anymore. You will be considered non-cooperative. Have you ever watched Law and Order, there, a single true crime documentary. Yeah. This is where, why I know you talk to a lawyer first. Your home will be raided and your assets will be seized. You may be arrested. It's your choice. Why did she prefer handing $50,000 in cash in a shoebox over to a stranger to taking advantage of America's system of due process? Yeah. Remember me and my phone call? Uh-huh. I took advantage of America's system of due process. Yeah, yeah. Wait, how? <laughs> I told the guy I wanted a lawyer, and he was oh, like, well, then yeah, I, can't, yeah. I can't help you. Well, yeah, and that's look, just stupid. And he hung up on me because he was pissed, uh-huh. and nothing has happened. Yeah. I have not been arrested. Oh, my God. Wait, I hear sirens. No. They're caught. Co- oh, my God. There's there's 50 SWAT team people in your yard right now. I can see it out the window. I will not turn around. <laughs> and it will not be true if I don't see it. Exactly. Yes. How, how serendipitous for them to come get me now. I know. Seriously. Perfect. Oh, my God. And then I can you have to the tell podcast. this story. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. And then it'll be like the podcast is mine now. <laughs> I'm like, but then Nathan, who will do the research? <laughs> yeah. Cal submits she did not have any other choice. Yeah. But why? Yeah. None of her money had been taken or frozen. She had seen no signs of identity theft in her daily life. Like nothing was actually taken from her. She hadn't been point. arrested or charged. Yeah. How precisely would handing over $50,000 in cash without ever asking how she would be able to access it once she had mm-hmm. improve upon the status quo? Why did Cowles not question being told she couldn't tell anyone about this, including her husband? She's not Jason Bourne. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's... <laughs> how did we get so quickly from the alleged... Amazon representative, yeah. yeah, who called her asking if, as a courtesy, he could connect Cowles with a liaison at the Federal Trade Commission, to her being told she did not have much time and was being charged with cyber crimes, money laundering, and drug trafficking. Why didn't she think that this was absurd? Why didn't she ask why she was being charged? You don't even have to think it's absurd. You just have to be like, you know what? 
I should probably just check on this mm-hmm. just to make sure everything's on the up and up. Like even just a little tiny soupçon of a, of a suspicion. Is that our word of the day? Yeah. Soupçon. soupçon. Yeah. It's um, a French word. It's a French word. And uh, it means a little bit. Soupçon. Like just a little, just a little touch, a little taste. I'd love a soupçon. A soupçon. Um, which makes me think of Daisy. A dollop. A daisy. <laughs> Give me a sousson of daisy sour cream. What is this coming you from? Know that? I have no idea. Do you know that commercial that's like, do a dollop of daisy? And it's no. about putting a little dollop of sour cream on everything that you eat. We got to put that in, like the theme song to dollop a dip right now. Daisy, daisy, light and dreamy. Dip it with chips, it's extra creamy. Spoon it, swirl it, mash it, savor it. Dollop on top, it's a family favorite. Daisy goes with food and fun. Give a dollop to everyone. Do 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 a dollop Daisy. Do 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 a dollop Daisy. I love it. That's catchy as fuck. On every commercial that okay, this was posted 15 years ago. I think that was the first iteration, and now in all their commercials, they just go, do a dollop. Oh, you know? okay. Yeah, I love it. So when you said, sousson, I was like, that's the same as do a dollop. Oh, okay. Yeah, like a dollop of suspicion. Yeah. That would just make you like, you know, do like the most elementary due diligence, even if you weren't like, that's absurd. How dare they? I'm going to prove that this is a scam. It's just like kind of, you know, protect yourself a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's like no instinct toward that in this entire thing. Like even if you are being, I don't know, even if you are being emotionally manipulated in legitimately the way that these scammers do, she does point that out. Like it just, I, I does that completely cut off? Your capacity for elementary rational thought. I don't think so. I don't think so either, especially as someone who purports to be so rational. Look, I've changed your opinion. You have. Of her. Well, I mean... Or or just this story and what makes sense. I definitely was kind of like on both sides of the fence with her, though. Like, I mean, I think I was, too. And yeah. I just couldn't stop thinking about it. But in terms of like, yeah, some of the just the basic facts of how this shit works out. Like, OK, maybe she is a complete dumbass and did absolutely nothing. I got wrapped up in the moment. But you're right. There are certain like just things that don't happen in the world you know, in terms of like bank processes and stuff like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And just really, really basic common knowledge that anybody has about how law enforcement works based on, you know, what you've been exposed to in terms of TV shows. Yeah. It's just like, there's no way you didn't know this. I know. You know, you're obviously an like a smart, in some ways, aware person who takes part in the world. Yeah. You're not. A rube. Yeah. Yeah. Cal says she was told that all of your assets under your current identity are part of the investigation, but that if we secure this cash and then issue you a government check under your new social security number, that will be considered clean money. Also, who's going to take a check? Wire it. But then there's nowhere to wire it. But also there's nowhere to cash the check. This is weird. 
So so the article writer says, but why would physical cash be treated as such where a check would not? Surely if she were under investigation to the point at which she could not talk to her husband or consult a lawyer, withdrawing $50,000 from her bank would raise more suspicion, not less. Yeah. How is she supposed to make purchases with a $50,000 government check that Uh she couldn't deposit in a bank account? Yeah, go to the grocery store and be like, do you take a third party? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No. Uh, and why would a government agency that was investigating and charging a person want to perform this service for that person anyway? Yeah. Yeah. Cal says she acquiesced because she was scared for her son. But she uh, never uh, seems to have asked the government for protection. Well, also, who, what investigator would tell you all these facts that they have about your case in a non-interrogative environment? It just, nothing makes sense about Mm -mm. Yeah. And I I can't believe she didn't know it. I think that's my point. I can't believe she didn't, like, understand that the way they're going about this is real, real strange. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Why would a government agent who was supposedly trying to help her keep warning her that she was in danger and under surveillance, but not offer to make sure her family was safe? Yeah. Why would the government agent who picked up the money need to be undercover if he was picking up money for the government. Remember when she said, yeah. I want to see that officer's badge? And he went, uh-huh. <laughs> he won't have a badge. He's undercover. Yeah. <laughs> Don't they have one, though? Like, eventually, okay, so you're do- You're a CIA agent or you're FBI. What? Or CIA. The right one is FBI, but he said CIA. Okay, I don't know, like, if CIA people have to, like, show a badge when they, like, arrest a, a terrorist. I, I don't think CIA does arrest anybody. Like, I think they go, we have intelligence, now we go to the government, okay, and they, they do the They stuff. tell people, and then the government, like, goes in and starts a war or whatever, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Yeah, this is, like, not CIA. No. Uh, if they say they're CIA, don't believe them, because nobody <laughs> says they're from the CIA. Also... We're on govern. We're all from the USA. Yeah. And so we don't even need to talk to them. Mm-hmm. <sighs> into the, okay, into the third and final group of questions. We can place the parts of Cal's story that sound peculiar in and of themselves, in that they do not sound consistent with what we know about how con artists operate, oh. and thus make me wonder if her story has been amended or fabricated mm-hmm. in some way. Uh. Cowles implies that she has dealt with the federal government since she was scammed, but she doesn't relate whether anyone has told her whether the scam to which she was subjected is common. Usually scammers follow their playbooks more than once. Have they? If not, then why was Cowles the only victim? Oh, so there she's not indicating like any sort of federal agent has said, oh, we've seen this scam a lot Mm -hmm. because it would definitely be like. They'd just be like, like you said, calling down a list of people and pulling this thing and pulling this thing. And then law enforcement would eventually get wind of it and be like, yeah, there are like 60 other people who fall in for the same thing. You would yeah. expect them to know that. And as a journalist, yeah. you know, she reported that uh, little data about uh-huh. how um, younger people fall for scams or younger yeah. people report having given money away in scams. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't she get that data, I guess, about how many people fall for this scam or how often it's yeah. attempted? 
or something. Well, like in terms of her having curi- at least some curiosity as a as, as a writer a journalist. and journalist about this particular scam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's a general wash of scams. Yeah. that she talks about, but not like this particular one that should be probably repeated over and over. Yeah. Yeah. Like like I said they called me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, it's part of the main character. Thing? No, I just mean like I do oh. think they try oh. this one a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eh, I don't know. Why was Cal's chosen as a target in the first place? Normally scammers hook a person first, then get that person to provide their details to them. But the scammers seem to have known a lot about Cowls from the start. Uh-huh. Including she had a small child. How and why choose her? She's a financial journalist. Wouldn't she be the worst person in the world to do this to? The scammer seemed relatively sophisticated. Why did they select someone who presumably has a bunch of high-level contact? Mm -hmm. Because they didn't know this about her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Why would the scammers be so keen to get physically near to cowls? Mm -hmm. Scammers usually hope to stay as far away from their marks as possible. Good point. Had cowls called the police and had them set up a sting, Mm -hmm. the game would have been up when the scammer's car pulled up and accepted the cash. Why take that risk? Mm -hmm. It is possible, likely in fact, that the ultimate answer to all of these questions is that Kells is profoundly stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Or, to invert Kells' own words, Mm -hmm. it is possible she got scammed because she is, in fact, hysterical or a rube. (laughs) If so, (laughs) she has no business being a financial advice columnist. Wow. Whose sole professional role is to advise others about money. And if not, well... Then she's giving Jesse, Jesse Smollett a run for his money. Who wrote this searing National Review article? Charles W. Cook. Okay, Charles. He's also the host of the Charles D- C. W. Cook podcast. Okay, great. Um, I will be sure to listen. Yeah, well, yeah. as Nathan, if he's like this the entire time, I will definitely listen to I him. I know, yeah. right? <laughs> well, okay. So since this article, Charlotte got to appear on CNN. Do okay. You see her? Yes. Okay. This is so exciting. I, I love episodes where you just tell me everything because it's like everything's like a little present. I know. Yeah. I think it's fun to see you excited. Yeah. Doesn't she look like a rube? She Oh, that's that's a rube face if I've ever seen one. I think she's got if I had to describe it, the face of a child, but like an adult who just like still looks like a child, which if you ask me means she hasn't had to work hard. Yeah, she does. She has kind of what I understand to be a moon face. It's like round, chubby cheeks. Uh-huh. Yeah, she does. She looks like a like an a, a grown kid. Yeah. Yeah. She's cute. She is. She's cute. She's like cute girl. I mean, this is incredible. And I think it had to be really hard for you to come forward and tell this story. Why did you decide to do it? It is deeply embarrassing. <laughs> and uh I wanted to tell this story because there really is no stereotypical scam victim. And I know this from my own personal experience, obviously, but um, also the hundreds of emails that I've received from other people since this story came out, um, other financial professionals, their doctors, their lawyers, their government employees, there are 
people of all walks of life who this happens to. And this is also backed up by data and research that's done on scam victims. There really is no one type of person who's vulnerable. You wrote that several friends felt felt strongly that if the scammers hadn't mentioned your son, right, uh, kind of talking about your family in the context of this, that you would not have fallen for it. In hindsight, is there a moment you think you would have changed? Oh, there are so many moments. <laughs> but I think that these scammers are really good at what they do. That's the reason they keep doing it is that it works. And we should and, say you were kind of passed off in multiple phone calls. It's yeah. not like you just got an email no. and replied back with a box of cash. No, no. They didn't come out of the gate and ask for money. Um, it unfolded very gradually uh, and incrementally over over five hours on the phone. Um, and I think that what these people do is they're very good at targeting people, figuring out their one specific vulnerability. Everyone has one, at least, and then exploiting that. And for me, it was my family. And they had very intimate details about me, about my family members. They knew where I lived. They knew the last four digits of my social security number. They knew about my son. Um, and it was terrifying. It's just dastardly. I mean, yeah. it really is just the lowest of low. I mean, was there Anywhere where your radar went off, was there a moment where you're like, you know, this this doesn't feel right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the whole time, none of it felt right. But the tiny chance that what they were saying was actually true was terrifying enough that I was willing to cooperate. And the things that they were threatening were so terrifying that, you know, that tiny voice that says, what if they're right? Um, that was enough to make me listen and stay on the phone with them. One of the things that struck me about this story is the isolation of it when it's happening to you. And also afterwards, we're hearing about like sextortion with teen boys. We're hearing about all kinds of other scams that really seem to point to people feeling like they had nowhere to turn. You're married, you had a family. Can you talk about that instinct to not reach out for help? Absolutely. There's actually a name for this. It's called Blocking the Exits. And um, and it, it's a, a really effective manipulation tactic. And where they um, make it seem like you can't contact this yeah, person. Don't don't you're under surveillance. You're being watched. Your phone is tapped. Your computer's been hacked. They really make it seem like you have nowhere to turn. Um, in this particular instance, I was also home by myself. I was working from home. Um, and so under any other circumstances, of course, I mean, my best friend is a lawyer. Like I, I have, I have an incredible support system around me, and they really made me feel like I couldn't talk to anyone. That's the part that just, it makes me just oh, just so uncomfortable. You're your home alone. Just how um, awful you must have felt the whole time. After your story, I emailed my family and said, "No matter what happens, you can tell me." So, yeah. So help us through this. I mean, what does everyone who's watching this need to know that they have to do? If, if they start going down a road like this. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the first thing is that you can never really prepare for how you're going to react when someone threatens your family. So everyone thinks that they're, you know, they would never fall for something like this. I, th I thought that I would never fall for something like this. Um, so the best way that you can prepare is to think of a couple of people who you can trust, who you would reach out to in a situation like this. And then think of the ways that you would get off the phone if you really had to. Lie, make up a reason. Say you have to go to the bathroom. Say that, you know, you're losing cell phone service. And just slow down, take a beat, 
call someone, reach out to someone else. It's the best way to do a gut check and really get yourself out of a situation when you're in over your head. Thanks for doing this. I know it couldn't have been easy. Thank you. Uh, I think it's really important what you've done here, and I hope people are paying attention. I have a thought. Yeah. This is just speculation. Can't speak for her life experience, but she seems like a person who's never been bullied in her life. Yeah. Because what happens, what would, what would happen to me in this, as soon as somebody threatens me and tries to block the exits, I would be, because I'm easily triggered by like perceived bullying, I'd be like, fuck you. Yeah. I would be, fuck you. I'm getting off the phone. You don't get to do this to me. Like when she goes, well, think of a reason to get off the phone. Yeah. I'm like, you can always get off the phone. Yeah. You'd be like, I have to fix my refrigerator, whatever. It doesn't, you don't have to or be you terribly just creative. Push, hang up. Yeah, exactly. And see if they call you back and see if anything fucking happens in the next two hours. Yeah, see if people show up to, I mean, uh, I guess she didn't, like, I don't know what she thought. I also, like we said, did mm-hmm. this happen? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know what Molly McAleer said on her podcast? What? She was like, okay, so this was a five-hour phone call. Mm -hmm. Did she go to the bathroom with the guy on the phone? (laughs) She must have peed, at least. Because if she had said, hang on, you know, let me go to the other room to go to the bathroom. That gives you time to think. She might, yeah. Yeah. And she might have thought. He's just kind of sitting there having a pee. So did she just pee with him on the phone because she was too scared? Yeah. Or was She's she too so scared? Was she too scared to pee? She might have been. Yeah. Or did she wet herself? No. I don't know. <laughs> Once she again, wears diapers daily. Speculation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. What was her final analysis? Do we kind of believe her? Do we think she's just stupid? Do we not believe her at all? Do we think she's money laundering? With all of these scenarios. Mm-hmm. She is kind of stupid. Yeah. Because um, I don't think she's stupid. I think she's leaving out vital parts Yeah, that drew her into this scam. Well, that's what makes me think um, she's not a great writer. Too. She's not a good writer. I mean, when we were talking about, like, I'm not getting, like, the emotional tone yeah. of this whole scam, I think that's more in the writing than it is, like, but her I being wondered... deceitful. Okay, because I wondered, um, yeah, does that make her a bad writer or is she fabricating something? Well, because she doesn't mention, like, I immediately thought of, like, oh, they know Uh so much about me and they know about my son. If you were trying to get that across, I feel like you would lead with that a little bit more. It kind of comes later in the article. The emotional part. Exactly, because that's what they're doing to you, ostensibly, is they're getting at you through, like, Things your emotions. That you ca- through your emotions and things that they know that you care about. So, That's how they get you irrational. Someone else, I think, said, um, <laughs> it's leaving my brain. <laughs> yeah. Someone said. Now would be a good time to reveal our secret. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we were looking for sponsors for this podcast. Yeah. Which basically, we signed up for this brand called Mind Mend. And they do 
microdosing and macrodosing. And so um, I took a microdose a few weekends ago, and I've heard about how you're supposed to do it, but I am too scared to take it on a day when I have to go to work. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't going to do the thing where you take a microdose and then you take another microdose like three days later. Oh, oh, okay. I don't know anything about microdosing. I just like to get fucked up. So today, well, so that day I took 100 milligrams. Okay, so today, that's a tiny little amount. Nathan came over and we decided to do the 200 milligrams. Yeah, yeah. And um, and I feel something. Do you? I do. I feel okay. How do I feel? I have to put this into emotional words, Nathan. Yeah, be a good writer. Remember your therapy. <laughs> um, I feel super mellow. And, I feel uh, like excited. Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like real chill. There's a lot of like sunlight I'm noticing coming yeah. into the room. The and light like, is beautiful. Everything's beautifully hazy right now. Um, Like after this, I was going to say, do you want to go for a nice walk? And we get should. Some lunch? Yes, that would be great. I think that would be Okay, great. so Mind Men encourages friendship. Yeah, and we have a code. So if you go to their website, which we'll put in the show notes, use code bullshit. Yeah. It's easy to remember. Uh-huh. Use code bullshit for 20% off your order. 20% off? That's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Yeah. And they come in, I think we got 100, 200, and 500 milligram packets. Yeah. So there's microdoses and macrodoses. Yeah. They're pills. They're like little mushroom pills. Um, it looks like they have gummies too. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, so to close, uh-huh. remember when I couldn't remember? Yeah. <laughs> Skeptical. I feel skeptical. 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 That sounds right to me. One side effect of mind men, as wonderful as they are, is you will not be able to speak word. Well, you'll say uh, a word wrong and it'll sound right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So to, in closing, what is our thesis statement, Katie, about I this just, whole thing? I'm keeping an eye on Charlotte Cowles. Yeah. She's me another too. person that I'm skeptical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could also be persuaded to think that she is just so protected, sheltered, and in that way stupid. Yeah. So yeah. I think if she did get scammed like this, mm-hmm. it's probably because of her privilege. And yeah. then I think there's an element where this is not what happened. Yeah. And this is how she either she's was writing going to explain it to her accountant and her husband. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Or she's just writing it badly. I just think if young people are getting scammed more, it's because we're looking for fucking jobs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But keep this in mind, young people looking for jobs, no legit company is gonna do anything that will fuck with the IRS. Yeah. So if they say it's also, like for tax purposes. Also, they're not going to ask you for yeah. money. Exactly. Yeah. You That's should true. not That's have true. to yeah. pay money to work anywhere. No, never. So think about that if yeah. you're trying to sell travel <laughs> packages. Tra- for an MLM? Yeah. 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 Because that does happen, doesn't it? They'll post something where it's like you don't have to have any experience. Yeah. So people will respond and then they'll be like, we invite you to this interview. And the interview is a Zoom with hundreds of people where they do a presentation. Yeah. And they say, anyone could do this. Uh-huh. All you have to do is give us $90 a month. You know what it was in back in my day? What? Being a scout for Wilhelmina Models. You could have been a scout? No, I couldn't have been because it was a scam. But uh there was a there was definitely something cuz I knew somebody who like 
kind of fell for it. He moved to New York to become to a scout. Do it? To do it. Wow. You know, moved with her, but it like it turned out to be absolutely just like a pay a pay to work kind of scam. And Wilhelmina models used to be a big deal, but then they got like bought out by a scammer guy who started doing this whole scouting thing. And basically, so yeah. Anyway, it happens. You should never have to pay to have a job. Yes. That's what you should know. Mm -hmm. Okay, everybody. Okay, uh, everybody. Go on Apple Podcasts. Rate us five stars. Yes, exactly. We're giving you valuable life advice right now. Well, uh, shout out our five-star reviewers. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah so starting next episode. Yeah. So go get on it. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Online Bullshit Pod. Yeah. I'm going to let you say it from yep. now on because I can never remember which is which. Yeah, join our subreddit. Yeah. There's a lot of hot goss. Uh-huh. And it's free for anyone to see. Yeah. If you're honestly, if you're into the NT Lawyer saga, it is It's hate- getting crazy. Hang up. I couldn't keep my mouth shut. Oh, yeah. Neither can, neither can I. I am, I am getting consumed into the morass of that drama. And I kind of love it, but also hate it. All right. We'll see you guys next week. See you guys next week. Uh, Mind men. (laughs) Mind men. Mind men. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.